Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Flying high above the city's skyline, Invincible scans the horizon for any incoming threats. Zooming in at an alarming rate of speed, Shazam flies in, responding to a distress call of his own. Invincible, however, doesn't recognize him, nor does he know his mission and good-hearted nature. And unfortunately, he's fully prepared to take this encounter quickly to the next level. It's Image versus Wiz. It's Viltrumite versus the Egyptian gods. It's Invincible versus Shazam. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stecanus. Today's matchup will surely be another classic fictional universe crossover event that theoretically has an actual chance of happening in animated form. In one corner, you have Shazam, one of DC Comics' most powerful, magically and physically insanely powerful characters, put it mildly, in the entire universe. In the other corner, you have Invincible, the young superhero navigating the complexities of his extraterrestrial heritage and the harsh realities of being a protector on Earth. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And this matchup has been debated before. But since the release of season two of Invincible, which you should see, by the way, this fight has been popping up way more online. It is highly, highly, hotly debated. We need to do this, which we will do tonight. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm always excited for a matchup of supers. You know, we just did Supergirl versus Loki. And I thought that was a pretty extraordinary battle. I thought my points were excellent. I thought I showed clear paths to victory, and I like doing it on that type of multiversal scale. So let's uh, let, let, let's try it again with some other super heavyweight kind of characters. Invincible's coming back. We're allowed to talk about it now. Uh, I'm excited for season two. Season one was a blast. I'm a big fan of the comic books as well. So last time Invincible was on the show, you got to rep him. So That's now true. it's my turn to ride him all the way to victory. And I look forward to doing so. Also, Shazam had a movie come out this year. I am have to tell you that because no one saw it. First of all, I saw it and I actually really, really liked it. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, of course, I saw Black Adam as well. Really should have had these two characters interact. But that's just a me thing. Listen, you know, I kind of dropped a little bit of, a, you know, a, a spoiler at the beginning of the show when I said there's actually a chance, a remote chance, but a chance to have Shazam appear on the animated series of Invincible. Ray, do you know why? I'm sure you do. If you don't, here's the deal. Invincible actually in the comic book series had crossovers with both DC and Marvel. And since he had a crossover with DC, maybe in the animated form, you'll see the Justice League and possibly Shazam in the Justice League with them. I know I'm grasping at straws, but I could happen. Ray, do you think the chances of that happening are anywhere close to being, you know, in reality? I think the odds of me appearing in the in the Invincible series is higher than any DC characters 
Uh, they are going to stick to the image, image verse, uh, invincible character. I don't see any shot whatsoever of anybody from Marvel or DC coming into that show, barring something extraordinary in like season seven or something. Like they just run out of ideas and, and, and nobody cares anymore, but it seems very, very unlikely. I did know about the crossovers. Don't, don't, don't hold your breath on that. That's too bad. I thought you already did make an appearance on that show. You know, the original, uh, person who is inside and like controlling robot. No, against no. Spoilers and all that. They just gotcha. used my mustache on Omni-Man. That's fair. That's fair. You would be a fantastic Omni-Man, by the way. I'd be a great Omni-Man. It's hard to fight with uh, J.K. Uh, Simmons. Yeah. Uh, he's a pretty phenomenal actor. Also, back in my restaurant days, I did wait on him. Uh, he was a phenomenal uh, uh, person to wait on. I don't know. I just thought I'd mention it. I got to meet him in real life, and I think it was pre-J. Jonah Jameson, so I couldn't just shout inanities at him. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Um, look, here's the thing. We have a great judge on who actually has to kind of do all these crossovers, go into different universes and figure things out. You'll know what I'm talking about. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's the host of Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. It's Kevin Goatee. Kevin, welcome back to Who Would Win. Oh, James, it's always a delight to speak to you. And Ray, what makes, what made him... And I'm talking about J. Jonah Jameson. I refuse to refer to him as J.K. Simmons. What made him such a wonderful person to wait on? Um, well, here's the deal. Uh, uh, he was very friendly. Uh, he kept mm -hmm. the table in order. So nobody was just like acting out a turn. Everybody was ready to go when it came time to order. And he gave a very solid 20 plus percent tip. I mean, I got nothing bad to say about him. Plus, hilariously, he left his credit card on the table when mm. they went to go leave. I chased him down into the and just outside the lobby of the restaurant i go pardon me sir you left this card on the table i want to make sure i get it back to you before you leave also big fan of your work and he looked at me he took the card he said thank you and it was just a very pleasant experience now that's what you told now, the police but that's not yeah. the real no, story I pulled yeah. the card i wanted a second encounter who are we kidding right now you stole the card and you kind of started your initial stalking of jk you know jk sims as you ran through and you're like hey, hey put me in one of your films notice me i'm ray stacanus and uh, police were called. It's all good. I have to call BS. I didn't know that Little Caesars had a lobby you had to run through, Ray. That, that doesn't add up. It was a it's short the nicest run. Little Caesars you've run. ever seen. Yeah. And number two, when he said, when he brought the card out to you, did you did he say to you, were you rushing or were you dragging to bring that card to me? Oh, that's a dynamite reference from Whiplash. The, sh the fact that none of you even smirked, go to hell. No, nah, he did. Wow. He did throw a chair at me, though. So, I, you know, I felt like I got the whole experience. <laughs> That's good. Kevin, now, speaking of movie references, tell yep. the audience all about your amazing podcast. Oh, well, you, you're using one of the exact adjectives I would use. It is amazing. It is the best movie review, movie debate podcast out there. We invite guests like Ray Stacanis and James Gabsy and other luminaries of this fine medium that come out and pick a film they find overrated or hate and try and convince us to see their argument. But here is the twist. The film must meet one of these criteria, widely beloved, critically acclaimed, or a financial success. So you can't come on and say, yeah, you know, Friday the 13th party, that is a real turd. Yeah, we know that. We have given platforms for people who have horrible opinions and also spot-on opinions. People have tried to take down Back to the Future, The Dark Knight. Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even Rocky Three, even Rocky One. Some of the most beloved films, you're like, how does someone hate that? We get to the bottom of that with a hell of a lot of jokes 
and hilarity and hijinks. I love alliteration. Did you know that? Gutting the Sacred Cow on all podcast platforms. And of course, to see that smug, smiling face of mine, go on YouTube. That's where the, uh, that's how you see the sausage being packed or the fudge being packed, whatever metaphor you like. At Kevin Goatee on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And you can hear Ray Sicanis in an upcoming episode as he's going to try and take down the 1994 classic Clerks. Wow. Well, you know, I do have a question for you because to pull back the curtain, Kevin, you've invited me on the show. If you, I've been on twice. It's amazing. You've mm-hmm. invited me before. I've been insanely busy. And even when I did have time to come on, you remember it was crazy hard for me to come up with a movie that hasn't already been done or that would work. Quick question. Has yeah. anyone done Nomadland yet? Has done what? Nomadland? That was the uh, that one like oh, best Francis picture. McDormand. Yeah, it did. And guess what? I'm oh, going to say no. I'm going to say no to that because no one cares if Nomadland. Uh, it's Cleveland Steen. It's kind of like a you know. And I put all those films like that, and I get it. People will say, oh, "I'm going to do Traffic. I want to do Gravity. I want to do Green Book. I want to do The Artist." Oh, the no English one patient. cares. Oh, that, that's another one. That's probably the, the top three. Yeah, Everyone that one's a that top movie. three. Yeah, I, no one's going to care. I want people to get angry when they look at their phone or their iPad or whatever and say, that son of a bitch, how dare they go after this film? Well, that's a film that would not get that kind of emotion. So no, no sir. But it won. It won for Best Picture. I know. And I know. let me explain why. Because it had a scene where the main actor uh, had to uh, do a number two in a bucket. Mm-hmm. That That's what got the Best Picture nomination, by the way. I always love slamming that movie. Now, Kevin, I do have a question for you because, you know, you do take popular films or people take mm. popular films and tear them apart. And, and I've always wondered, what's the worst backlash you've ever received on the show for a film that someone tried to just tear apart, but people just disagreed? Easy, the, the, the top three I'm going to give you and cheat. The answers are in no particular order. Recently, actually, Don Jameson tried to do Goodfellas, mm. Back, Back to the Future, mm-hmm. and The Goonies. Wow. Wow. I know I don't care for the Goonies. I'll say I think the Goonies is very overrated. That being said, how are you gonna how are you gonna mess with Goodfellas or Back to the Future? Those are two nearly perfect movies. No, no, you're wrong, Ray. Back to the Future is a perfect film. Excuse me. There it is. Yes. Goodfellas yeah. is the best three quarters of a movie you'll ever see anywhere. And that is that was his argument with oh, the, wow. in a nutshell. He said, guys, when 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 Tommy dies, when Pesci dies, yeah. it just slows down and he's right but it's still the first three quarters gangbusters absolute Absolutely. gangbusters so i love it so listen legion of audience our faithful fan base check out gutting the sacred cow it is an amazing podcast i don't even call it a podcast i call it a show because it's so well done get it wherever Thank you me. listen to your podcast and uh everyone here we 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 give it a two thumbs up endorse it 100 kevin goatee is an amazing host Great, brilliant. I'm just trying to butt you up as yeah, a judge. And for you show. didn't think you were going to listen to this episode of Invincible versus Shazam and get good fellas spoilers, but here we are today. It is. I mean, it goes hand in hand. This is, this is like getting those four onion rings and your order of french fries at Burger King Best. going, that is a welcome surprise. You can order that now, you know. Have I know. I, if they let I saw me. That. If they let me back at Burger King, I'd, I'd do five orders of Havsies. Now, I could just order, you know. Uh, fries and onion rings. It's not the same, Kevin. No, no, it's not. But the Hazzy yeah. says it, that's an idea that's about 45 years too late by Burger King, but they're always behind the eight ball. Good luck trying to catch up to In N Out or Five Guys or Habit or I don't know what else is out Why there. Why you got to be bringing up all this delicious food on a day I can't eat? I'm really <laughs> mad at you right now. By the way, Ray, we're, we're, we're 
yeah, our, our sponsors told us that uh, it's still a no-go with Burger King. Thanks to your last That's incident. fine. We have a new sponsor, uh, Colon Health. Go get your colonoscopies if you're old. That's that's their catchphrase. I don't know why. I, I, I would say you'd want to workshop that better, but here yeah, we are. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, talk to the marketing department. All right, listen, we've got a great episode. we got a great judge. We've got two contestants that are ready to battle this out. we got to do this. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Image Comics, the hero who walked on to play for the Philadelphia Eagles. Unless I got the wrong source material. Invincible. <laughs> well played, Race again as I chuckled. And representing DC Comics, the hero whose name is Billy Batson. Does that mean he's the son of Batman? Shazam. You just undid you just undid all your good karma with that one, though. Yeah, I should I should I should have backloaded it. I should have backloaded <laughs> yeah, that one. Yes. <laughs> this happens. You get one and then you get one takeaway. All right. Well done, Ray, two as wins, I say in arrow quotes. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules about who would win match. It's rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, what version of Invincible are you using today? I really, really like the, the animated Invincible. Maybe sometime after a couple more seasons are out, we should go back and revisit that. But you gotta go with the comic book version against a powerhouse like Shazam. It's not like you're using the Zachary Levi one. Listen, I'm not. You're but not, of I'm course. Using, I'm using the Shazam from the Justice League cartoon. No, you're not. Uh, would not be a good idea. I'm actually going with the comic book, comic book version as well. On a side note, Leech of Audience, our fan base, check out the Invincible comic book series. It has a great start. has a phenomenal ending. I'll leave it at that. Well worth your time. Just putting that out there. All right, rule number four. Hear what James just said? The entire middle's terrible. Only read the first five and last five issues of Invincible. That was what James said, not me. I think the whole thing is great. Yeah, I'm actually not debating what you just said there. It's not horribly. Okay. Rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but we give them less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto at any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Visit www.whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some great Who Would Win shirts and merch. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. 
Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Invincible. Invincible is a superhero coming of age story about coming of age in your father's footsteps. It was created by Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker, and Invincible himself first appeared in Invincible number one back in 2003. That's 20 years ago. Dear my. Invincible tells the story of Mark Grayson a normal teenager whose dad happens to be the greatest superhero of his time. Eventually, Mark develops his own superpowers and battles evil because he believes it's the right thing to do. He has the standard powers of flight, super strength, speed, and endurance, of course. He would later serve to defend Earth against a full-on invasion of his own kind. Fun fact, Invincible is officially an image comic. That makes what happens in the comic book slightly canon to official Image Comics. This bears fruit when characters like Spawn and Savage Dragon, not to mention the other crossovers already, but they show up canonically to a funeral on the pages of Invincible. Sadly, those characters also will not be showing up in the Amazon animated series due to a crazy amount of rights issues. Boo rights, am I right? And that is Invincible. I mean, just give the fans what they want. Right. I mean, just one time, just be like, hey, let's just put the rights and the licensing and the lawyers and all that on the side. You know, let's just do we, it. We had Savage Dragon on this show once. And based on the ratings for that episode, I think what they want, uh, what the fans want is not to see Savage Dragon. I don't know. It's uh, too bad. All right. Now, here are the details for Shazam. Shazam, originally known as Captain Marvel, is a fictional superhero appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics. He first appeared in Wiz Comics number two in February of 1940 and was created by artist C.C. Beck and writer Bill Parker. The character's origin story involves young Billy Bats and a homeless orphan living in a big city. Billy was chosen by the ancient wizard Shazam due to his pure heart and was bestowed with the power to transform into a superpowered adult by uttering the magic word Shazam. The acronym being, you know, Shazam, standing for the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. He's kind of like Superman's got all the kind of same kind of powers, except for the heat vision, what have you. Now, since then... Shazam has been a popular character from the DC Comics universe and has saved the world by himself, as well as being part of the Justice League, all while making Superman himself wonder who was actually the more powerful hero between the two of them. And here's an interesting fact about Shazam. Did you know that at one point Shazam was way more popular than Superman? It's true. Which superheroes are popular at which time seems to change by the hour? For instance, while Superman may be more popular than Shazam today, this was not always the case. During World War II, Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam, actually sold more issues than Superman comics. In fact, all of the Captain Marvel adjacent books at Fawcett Comics were popular, but the series that sold the most books was Captain Marvel Adventures. In 1944, the first issue sold an insane 14 million copies. Again, the first issue sold 14 million copies. Many still think to this day that this series was the largest circulation of any comic magazine, Compare that with Diamond Comics, the distributor, who sold a total of 5.84 million comics of its top 300 comic book titles in a total period of a month. And you can see just how popular Shazam was back in the day. That's all I'm going to say about that. Super popular. Hopefully, 
More movies are coming with James Gunn. Who knows? And now you have the facts on both opponents. Kevin, do you have any questions before we get started? No, sirs. Let's party. Let's do it. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Invincible. I just want to lay out sort of his basic powers. We're going to open with a little bit of jabs, a little bit of sparring to start in the first round here. I'm sure James will do something similar because uh, he achieved his powers as a teenager. And this is when he grabbed a garbage bag. He was working, what, in like a fast food restaurant or something? And he, he went with the garbage bag. He threw it and it ended up in London. I believe he was in Baltimore when he made the throw. So this guy's got a Matthew Stafford level arm is what I'm trying to say. And that's at his lowest power level, right? Because much like most uh, shonen anime characters, like a Goku, if you will, and some of these other ones from Dragon Ball Z, he keeps getting more and more powerful the longer the series goes on, basically to the point of ridiculousness. The thing about Shazam is he is a powerful character, but he's pretty much gone down in power uh, as opposed to up from where he first started. So keep that in mind about these two characters. Everything I'm going to say about Invincible only goes up from there, and everything James is going to say about Shazam only goes down from there. So at his lowest level of strength in his earliest forms, he was able to bench 400 tons. That's a pretty good start. That's a pretty good start. He uh, fought against a character named uh, Dinosaurus, who is like a, a character who transforms, and he punched him two times. And on the second punch, the guy reverted forms back again. That's like hitting the Hulk with two punches and knocking him back to Bruce Banner because those punches hurt him so badly. That's painful. This kid once grabbed a baseball and he threw it all the way around the world. What an arm. Like I said, Matthew Stafford level. Now the durability here, this kid takes, he tanks big hits, explosions constantly. He once contained an explosion just in his hands and was able to be just fine. If you take a sword, you're a master swordsman with a big sword, and you try to hit Invincible with it, the sword just breaks on his skin, like it was Luke Cage and a hypodermic needle. Uh, he takes a character named Powerplex, who uh, was a big electrical user in this uh, sort of uh, image world. He tanked his electrical attack with basically no problem whatsoever. This is an electrical attack that if he hits a normal person with it, they're just dead. There's no uh, secondary effects. They just die right there. Invincible tanks, and he goes, oh, I guess that's all you got. Cool. Obviously, Invincible can fly. Both of these characters can fly. There's a very strong aerial component, I believe, to these battles. To this battle in particular, I should say. But Invincible can fly real, real, real fast. It'll take him a mere couple of seconds to go from the surface of the planet up into space. He flew from North America to Antarctica in 26 seconds. I, I believe I saw that clocked as like Mach 1500 or something. Like, absolutely outrageous. And he has flown faster than light before and flown faster than faster than light before. Getting across the universe, he's been able to uh, come from behind, fly, and catch up with something that was going faster than light. That's how I know he can go faster. And I love Shazam. He's actually, honestly, one of my like underrated DC Comics characters. And why do we call it DC Comics? It's Detective Comics. It should be Detective Comics Comics. I mean, I do it because I think it's funny. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is Shazam is wonderful, but Invincible is just another three tiers up as far as scaling goes. And that's my point number one. Okay, so I just find it really funny when uh, Ray starts using you know terms like scaling and you know numbers. 
We all know math is not Ray's strong point. It's clearly out here uh, being full on display. Uh, in terms of Invincible, he is pretty powerful. Even at his utmost, you know, highest level, I've read the comic books, I've read the source material, I'm super familiar with it, and he is awesome, great character, the whole thing. At his top level of power, which will demonstrate throughout these three points, he's at least four notches below Shazam, at least. He's nowhere near as fast, he's nowhere as powerful, he's nowhere, nowhere near as durable. I mean, that's just all the things, that, that is what it is. Shazam's also become more and more powerful throughout the years, doing crazier and crazier feats, which I'll illustrate as well. And Dinosaurus, by the way, is someone who's known more for their intelligence, although they are very powerful. It's not really a Hulk-like character. It's more of a, hey, this person's really smart, or Dinosaurus is really smart. You know, think of it like a, a genius Tyrannosaurus Rex who can do crazy things with technology. That's what Dinosaurus is really known for. He's got a high attack potential and what have you, but hitting him twice so he goes, I mean, physically taking punishment's not his thing. It's being an evil genius. All right, with all that being said, let me get to my point number one. And you're right, Ray, I'm going to start with Shazam's powers because they're crazy. He's got insane super strength. He's stalemate and sometimes even exceeded Superman and feats of super strength. For example, one time an asteroid is hurling towards the Earth providing the stereotypical imminent threat to all life. Without breaking a sweat, Shazam just flies in orbit and kicks it away as if for a soccer ball, smiling while he does it. When Invincible tried the same thing, he had to put both hands on that and had to use all his power to try to stop that asteroid from coming down to the Earth. Now, I believe he did it, but it took way more effort. It wasn't like, hey, I'm gleefully going to kick a soccer ball. It was like, oh, no, I hope I have the power to do it or else everyone's dead. Very, very different thing. Uh, listen, Shazam casually lifts mountains, puts them in different spots on the Earth. He's moved planets. He reset the Earth's rotation by wrapping chains around it, pulling in circles. He flew into space and cut a large planet in half like it was nothing, smiling while he did it. He punched reality so hard, he actually opened a black hole. How you do that, I have no clue. This is strength that is way beyond anything Vince has ever approached just putting that out there now he's got crazy stamina the stamina of atlas which means he doesn't need to eat doesn't need to sleep doesn't need to breathe he can travel in space on aid for thousands of years that would be nothing for him to do that uh he's also got in infinite endurance and stamina this is crazy he can fight at his peak for probably hundreds of years not days not months hundreds of years. Remember, this is an important point in the entire battle, this stamina, because this battle is going to go on for a while. Invincible's got good stamina. He can stay out in space, I believe, for like, hold his breath for weeks, but that's it. And then he really does need to catch his breath. That's a big difference between the two. He's also got the power of Zeus, which means he's an vulnerable. His survival was called a Tesseract Bomb, which was powerful enough to take Superman and turn him literally inside out. And it would have destroyed Superman, Wonder Woman, whomever else. But because, you know, Shazam's, invulnerability is magically based it didn't do anything to him it hurt him a little bit but then he reverted back and he's like i got this not a problem uh another bomb that was powerful enough to destroy a dimension he just tanked it flies through black holes like they're nothing he's taken attacks direct attacks from wonder woman and superman at the same time and at that same battle was even beating them in the fight until it got interrupted he's tanked massive sonic attacks from cyborg like it was nothing and he's even traveled into the sun where the sun had no effect on him whatsoever and if that wasn't enough he can use um, magical lightning when it says Shazam. He doesn't always transform. He can control when he transforms or not into Billy Batson. So he says Shazam if he needs to, if something can even hurt him, if that's even possible, he just says Shazam and the magical living lightning comes down and heals him instantly. He's got an instant healing factor 
Why he needs that if you're Shazam, I don't know, but it's just something he's got. He's got the courage of Achilles, which means he's got insane levels of willpower and just won't give up in a fight. And of course, he's got the speed of Mercury. I'm not saying Invincible isn't fast, but he's not flying as fast as the Flash can move. And uh, Shazam's actually thought of to be in the top 20 of the fastest beings in DC Comics. In one particular time, the Flash is running at super speed and Shazam's actually able to catch up and tag him. That's how fast he is. Look, as powerful as Invincible is, again, he does pale in comparison to Shazam, even at Invincible's top tier levels. I'll prove that more during the battle. That's my point number one. I mean, that is an absolutely outrageous thing to say based on what I know about both characters. Invincible runs circles around Shazam. And James, normally we put a picture of the character we're representing behind us for the visual element. Why did you just put a picture of yourself back there? I'm a little bit confused. You know, it's a it's a fun story. I've been almost cast in lower budget kind of independent uh, superhero productions before Shazam hasn't happened yet. But yeah, a lot of people think I look exactly like Shazam and more or less. I act like Shazam because I've never emotionally grown past 11 yeah. years old. Yeah. Kevin Goatee, you've heard <laughs> no, one I'm not done with my counters yet. I was just asking oh. a question. I don't blame you for trying to shut me down, cheater. Now, look, you talk about, oh, the durability of Shazam is this. and Oh, oh, Invincible can only hold his breath and fight at full form in space for weeks. How long do you think this battle's actually going to go? I would think that weeks would be plenty enough. There's a certain point when endurance doesn't matter anymore because the battle will be decided well before anybody hits their limits, right? And you say, oh, he can just say the word Shazam, uh, revert back. If he reverts back to being a kid, it's over. He's destroyed. He, he better he better talk real fast. The other thing is, I know for a fact, and I've seen too many times, Invincible likes to rip out people's throats. So if you don't have a throat, you don't have a jaw, uh, you can't really say, oh, it's not going to work. It's not going to work with no with no chin, right? And also, you forget, like, oh, he's, he's increased in power. Let's not forget Harley Quinn has defeated Shazam with her mallet before, and all she did was throw it at him. It exploded in his face, and she won. So please, James, stop with the whole, he's never been more powerful nonsense. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ray Sicanus, you're bringing people from a different dimension, from a different comic book storyline, the um, Injustice storyline. Sorry, that's not the same character we're debating today. That's a whole other thing. That is Injustice is part of comic book Shazam, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. Multiverse. Here we go. All right. Kevin Goatee, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Ooh, got a good one here. I like Sicanus coming out here, throwing the injustice line out here. James trying to say it's not canon. I'm not as nerdy enough as some of the other judges to know what is and what isn't. I'm leaning toward it is allowed. We're going to go with that all being discussed. Wow, James. Wow, Shazam is strong. Shazam is great. Then I find out he was topped by a mallet. Something that stopped... Luminaries, celebrities like I don't know Yosemite Sam with the mallet, you know, did a did a did a little pink lump appear in the top of his head, parting those black hairs. A mallet? That's what stops this this yeah. mega impossibly strong fellow. Uh, Kevin Tesseract bomb. He's basically uh -oh. a watermelon to Harley Quinn's Gallagher. Gallagher. Okay, oh, hold on. Geez. So in Injustice, the, I had just for the fans know I didn't kiss a girl until very late late in life, and that's because I read so many comic books. Here's the deal. In the Injustice storyline, all the characters, a lot of them are way weaker. And on top of that, the Batman characters who are against Superman, Harley Quinn, they take this kryptonite-based thing to give themselves Superman-level powers. 
that's kind of where that whole thing was happening. Shazam is not the same over there as he is in the regular six one, the regular DC Comics universe of the version we're discussing. Just James. like there's weaker versions of uh, in, of uh, Invincible in the mm-hmm. multiverse within the Invincible storyline. James, if you're explaining, you're losing. <laughs> if you're if you're explaining math, your head is bleeding. I'm just saying there's things True. you need to realize. That's all. Go ahead, Kevin. I mean, did the did the moose that you're telling these stories to as a young Canadian boy, did their their heads also explode with this kind of logic? And just do you know that Shazam? Wow, that's the level of detail that perfectly explains why you did not kiss a girl until you said the eighth grade, seventh grade. Did I catch that? At a at a, you know a few more years. Oh, oh, okay, all right. And I I, I thought I was like at seventh grade. Okay, continue. All right, so I guess we're kind of at this fun part for point number one. All right, Ray, let's see what you got for point number two. Point number two for Invincible. I want to just up the ante now. We've talked about his basic powers. Let's talk about like some of the more impressive things that he has done. This is a guy who fought a character called Alan the Alien, who is an absolutely, if you've seen the cartoon, he's a wonderful character. He essentially shows up as a a Superman level, uh, a kind of talented fighter, and he just shows up to test the greatest uh, a hero of earth just to see how close they are to being able to defend themselves and how much help they need. And invincible fights Alan, the alien who can essentially go toe to toe with absolutely anybody and always fights him to a very powerful standstill, knowing that this is a character who ultimately can't truly be beaten because he'll stop the fight before anything could really happen. But he always is impressed by Invincible over and over and over again. And if you've got cosmic entities showing up at your dojo Earth, fighting you, and then stopping the fight saying, okay, you're good enough, you're worthy, I'd say that's worth uh, um, a big high five. This is a guy who got into a fight on the planet of Mars and without too much trouble created a giant fissure, basically, you know, a, a, a shifting tectonic plates on Mars just through fighting on there. He flies through and destroys spaceships, sort of like what Captain Marvel did to Ronan the Accuser in the Captain Marvel movie. That's an amazing scene. And he just flies through them, destroys them, no problem whatsoever. He was once uh, uh, not hurt by an explosion that leveled the entire city of Las Vegas. I would point out he was in Las Vegas when it happened. If he was in Des Moines, it would be less impressive of a feat. But he was in Las Vegas, an explosion leveled the entire city did not get hurt whatsoever. Oh, did I mention he once took a nuke? He's been nuked before. Not a problem. He was able to slough it off like absolutely nothing. He fought a character named General Thrag. We'll get into that a little bit more later. But he fought... General Thrag is essentially the biggest bad possible in the Invincible Universe at the time when he fights him. They fought in the middle of the sun, and they fought in the middle of the sun for an extended period of time. This wasn't just a one-two punch kind of a deal. This was a double-digit page fight in the comic books. Their skin is melting off. They are just getting absolutely dilapidated by the power of the sun, and he kept going and kept going until he could ultimately achieve victory. Oh, and he has a healing factor of his own as well. If you've read the Invincible comics or seen the show, it is gory. This is one of the most savage shows. Think the boys, right? The same stuff that happens in the boys happens in Invincible and maybe even to a worse way because it's animated so they can get even more gross with it, right? If you think about it like that, he's taken some of the most savage beatings over his entire body and comes back every single time ready to fight again. 
if you or me took those beatings, there wouldn't be a second round. You know what I'm saying? He's essentially had his arm completely torn off. It was hanging by a thread and was able to recover that injury using his healing factor. Now, I've seen Billy Batson. I've seen Shazam break his arm before, right? I've seen Shazam suffer legitimate injuries, and I didn't see him just shout Shazam twice and come back with no broken arm. He, you, you get your arm broken, you feel it. And Shazam definitely feels it. This makes Invincible, with some of the grievous wounds that he's taken, one of the strongest willpower characters that we've seen on this show whatsoever. I would say it rivals a Batman-type character because he suffers through some gross injuries. I'll get into more of that later. And he keeps fighting on because he knows that he is on the side of right, and he knows if he doesn't come through, nobody else will. Shazam doesn't have that kind of inner fortitude. And that's my point number two. Shazam has the courage of Achilles, which gives him in godlike willpower. That works unless you hit him in the heel. And he doesn't. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, so let me let me push back really a lot. Again, Alan the Alien, one of my favorite characters of Invincible. So when they first encounter each other, Alan's actually at his weakest point. They kind of maybe tussle a little bit. Alan is definitely more powerful than Invincible. Go a few comics ahead. Alan takes on three Viltrumites. You know, these are people from that same kind of planet that Omni-Man's from. And they absolutely wreck him horribly. He goes back to the planet. He's like, I need to get powered up. So that first version was a lower powered Alan the alien who still kind of dominated Invincible. That's just a thing I got to point out. Yeah, Las Vegas, Las Vegas was leveled by Dinosaurus, turned into like just glass. It was crazy. He did survive kind of a nuke. He tanked. He took, did take a lot of damage. Again, that really pales in comparison to Shazam. I don't know. Flying through black holes, surviving bombs that destroyed dimensions. It's, it's again, it's a different scale. Again, they fought in the sun. It was really cool. Parts are melting off the whole thing when Vince was fighting Thrag. Again, who was surviving in the sun? No problem. Actually helping Superman. I'll talk about that later. Making sure Superman was okay in the sun. That was Shazam. The sun doesn't affect him at all. He's absolutely fine in the sun. Uh, the healing fa factor thing. Listen, Omni-Man, Invincible, the Viltrumites, what's cool is they do heal much faster than humans, but it still takes days. You know, when Omni-Man went down, when Invincible goes down, anything happens, it takes them days to heal from something that humans would take months or maybe even years to heal from, but still takes days. That's not going to be a good thing for them in this fight. And finally, saying he's got like the willpower and inner fortitude of Batman. Really? This is someone who went back in time, came back and said, oh, his wife thought he was dead. His wife hooked up with this guy who totally disrespected her. And instead of Invincible, then kind of beating that guy's, you know what? He's like, well, I guess, you know, they're adults. So what? This guy doesn't have. That was the one time in the comic book series. I'm like, wow, you lost me. You totally lost me. Anyway, that's just me kind of talking what I'm talking about. Let me get to my point number two. Let's talk about Shazam's other powers and abilities. Okay. He's got the wisdom of Solomon. What does that mean? That means he's got superhuman knowledge. Thanks to that. He's also got limited clairvoyance. I just think this is cool. Every once in a while, he can kind of sense what's about to happen in the immediate future and can avoid some danger, what have you. It's not something that happens a whole lot. It's just that he's got these godlike magical mental abilities as well that may come into this fight. Uh, he's got a fun power. He doesn't use it a lot either. It's kind of a version of James Gavsey's patent pending intoxicating mind fog. He can actually magically hypnotize people. And at the very least, he can read people really, really well. Remember, he's got the wisdom of Solomon. He can read body language really well and figure things out. One of the things that Shazam does is he talks to his opponents and sees if he can get them to stop fighting. Because he's like, listen, you don't want to fight me. This is going to be bad for you. Let's let's kind of talk this out. And he gets them actually to give up. He did this with this godlike Egyptian being in this one series or a comic book issue where the godlike being is like just destroying the world or doing whatever. 
Shazam comes in, stops him, just puts him in a bear hug, holds him and says, what is it you're looking for? And he's like, I'm looking just for this particular descendant of mine. Shazam helps him find him and everything's fine. He'll actually read people and get them to talk him down from a fight. He'll do this with Invincible as well. If all of that wasn't enough, Shazam also has that genius level intellect. Again, he's got a genius level IQ when it comes to tactics, strategies, and fighting. And it's all supernaturally provided by the wizard Shazam. Again, he's a teenager just like Invincible, but he's got access to the supernatural form of Google and can just do what he needs to do. He's also got the power of interdimensional travel. This is a big factor because he can transport opponents to another dimension. Long story short, there's this thing called the Rock of Eternity. It's kind of a dimension where the wizard Shazam lives. And if he needs to get someone out of there, he'll actually transport them interdimensionally to that place just to get them out of harm's way or remove them or whatever he needs to do. Invincible doesn't have a way on his own to defeat interdimensional travel. He needs other people to help him get him back or whatever it is. That's just something he's not going to be able to deal with. Now, on top of all of this, you know, all his powers are magical, which means they're going to last longer. That's why he's got that stamina as well. And the big one is Shazam's ability to control what's called the living lightning. This is awesome. So now when he calls out Shazam, if he, if he wants, he has to actually think of like, hey, I desire to turn back into Billy Batson when I say Shazam for him to say Shazam and turn back into Billy Batson. So if he says Shazam without that desire in his mind, all he's doing is calling down a huge met like blast that's like city blocks in diameter of this living lightning that can destroy stuff. It's crazy. So he can also shoot this living lightning from his hands in like powerful bolts. He's hurt Superman, Black Adam, Darkseid, Wonder Woman with these. He can destroy buildings, no problem. Take out super powerful beings. One time he did this to Black Adam. He was just staring at him, calls out Shazam. Big blast of lightning hits him from the, you know, the sky at a far range. Comes down Black Adam. Black Adam is completely out of it, barely conscious, can't move, bleeding from the ears and in, in the mouth and the nose. And what's really cool about this is that this living lightning, it's a huge thunder that kind of comes with it. So it's also a sonic attack because now it hurts people like it's actually hurt people like Superman, who's got these super sensitive ears and what have you. And then all of a sudden he can't hear anymore. He drops in pain and Shazam can take him out. Listen, this is something he can do to like Black Adam, Superman. He's going to be able to do this to, you know, Invincible as well. Put all of this together. And again, I'll say it. Invincible's awesome. Great series, the whole thing, great character. He's just not anywhere close to what uh, what Shazam can do and what Shazam can do to him. That's my point number two. You keep saying that, but it's just simply not adding up to me. I'm looking at the panel just a moment ago where Black Adam grabs Shazam by the arm and then using a pressure point pop punch attack shatters his arm. And I'm sorry, but like if Black Adam is, is powerful, Black Adam is great. I'm not going to sit here and say that Black Adam, Shazam, people of that power level, while they are great, uh, they're definitely not any bigger, stronger, faster than Invincible is in his own world. Uh, I mean, look, what, what happened when Billy Batson, what happened when Shazam was hanging out in an adult space bar and Lobo came in and Lobo started bullying a guy, shoving his head in the toilet to give him a swirly. Shazam said, oh, that guy's a mean old bully. I'm going to take him out. And the sheer brutality of Lobo was something that despite all his wisdom, Shazam was not ready for, had no answer for. Lobo with sheer power and brutality absolutely destroyed Shazam in that battle. And I'll ask the question. I thought in, in a who would win battle, there was no outside uh, interference, no outside forces to help. If Shazam has to rely on a wizard to grant him all his powers, is that not outside interference? Where you're saying when he said, here you go, here are your powers, say Shazam, you have them. 
you think every time he says Shazam, that's outside interference. I think to make this battle truly uh, uh, by the spirit of the rules, he should have to fight only as Billy Batson. I mean, this lines up with your mathematical expertise and your choices of, uh, you know, eateries. All right. Listen, you've heard two points from both Ray and myself. Kevin Goatee, we're at the turning point where, you know, you've got to tell us who is ahead and what does the other side to do to, you know, pull out the victory. Listen, anytime you slander Ray Stekanis and his culinary taste, you automatically get a point from me because he needs to be publicly shamed for his such low you know, basic, you know, what palates. So I always get a chuckle out of that, James, you know, what? you know, where your bread is buttered on. That's for sure. The arguments here, I, I see a little bit on the, on the defensive though. I think the outside interference argument does play here a little bit. It, this is a great fencing match here. Who do I give the point to for this round? Boy, I don't know. I, James, I like what you had to say. Uh, Ray keeps countering those points. So equally, I give this round, I get this round a draw. You guys are both even. I like the counterpoints made by you with Shazam. I like Ray saying, uh, 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 Billy Batson getting swirly, he's getting his arm broken. Man, it's 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 up in the air, guys. Coin flip situation for round two. So let's see how you do for round three. Uh, hints, if you throw more insults about Ray in his, in his palate of a three-year-old, you'll be bound to sway me. I love it. I love it. I'm actually impressed by Ray Sicanus because... Usually going to a battle and Ray's repping, you know, repping a character I really, really like. I'm always like, oh, this is going to suck. But he's doing a great job so far. Keep it up, Ray Sicanus. With that being said, hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Invincible. Let's just talk about some of his biggest feats, some of his biggest wins, and the one deciding factor when you have two characters that are very, very similar in power level and honestly have very similar power sets. What sets them apart? Uh, he KO'd a group called the Mauler Twins. Uh, I believe they've appeared on the animated show at this point. Uh, he KO'd them with one punch. One punch apiece. The Mauler Twins are super powerful characters in this world, and Invincible knocks them out, one-shots them. I'm not going to say he's going to one-shot Shazam. It'll probably take two shots, okay. But uh, to, to knock out these twins, if you know anything about them, it is very impressive. He fought a character named the Immortal, and this is a guy who is, again, crazy powerful. He, he Invincible doesn't fight people who are not like minimum Shazam level on the pages of Invincible comics. So when I reference each and every one of these villains, even if you have not read the comics, understand that that's the power level of basically everyone that he's fighting that he's going to have some level of uh, encounter with, right? The Immortal is a character who's very powerful and cannot die. He literally ripped his head off of his body like it was a Mortal Kombat fatality. And he just, just he got really mad at him. And he ripped his head off. His, who, who is Shazam's ripping the head off of? That's just not a thing that you ever see happen. And Invincible tells the people around him afterwards, like, okay, look, he's not really dead. It's his gimmick. He's the immortal. Stop the head from reattaching to the body and you'll be fine. I'm out of here. I got places to go. Again, the reason why he's ripping heads off of people and Shazam is doing arm wrestling and little tussles in a space bar bathroom is because unlike Billy Batson, who is what, 11 years old, 13 years old, depends on the telling, Invincible is brutal. He learned from his father, Omni-Man, at a very young age to, to, to take it there, to go to 11, to answer violence with the most extreme possible violence because you don't know always what you're dealing with it's better to overwhelm with overwhelming force and not worry about that person ever again than it is to let them hang around, spar with them a little bit. No, 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 no. Invincible takes people out. He's one of the most brutal 
uh, uh, enemies. Again, think of the brutality of Homelander, but this is a character who I would argue is much more powerful than Homelander. Uh, again, he becomes stronger than his father, who is Omni-Man, who at the time of the beginning is essentially the most powerful superhero on Earth or that anybody's ever heard of. Way more powerful than Alan the Alien, as James just told you. Well, through the series, as his power level creep goes up and up and up, he becomes much more powerful than his father, Omni-Man. He becomes much more powerful than any uh, Kryptonian slash Viltrumite that you're going to find. He defeated a character named Conquest. Again, the again ridiculous Superman-type character, consider it like that. Conquest punched his hand through Invincible like it was Gandhi 2 from UHF. That's right. You get two <laughs> UHF references in one day here. Uh, phenomenal. Guys, join Patreon.com slash show and hear the other one. The point I'm trying to make here is that Invincible's fighting a guy who's got Superman-level powers. Power level. He gets punched through the midsection, but had the willpower to keep choking him out despite taking grievous wounds to the point where he saw the light go out of his eyes, crumpled in a heap with guts laying everywhere. He, they finally get discovered, and he's like, uh, in the understatement of the century, he turns to the people who found him and says, I need help. Yeah, no kidding. Your guts are on this rock, that rock, and the one over there. But he was still able to take out a character as powerful as Conquest. And the, the most powerful character, the god among gods, the century. I don't even know what you'd refer to in this world. But he defeated General Thrag, the guy he fought in the middle of the sun. I don't believe Shazam could fight somebody for eight minutes in the middle of the sun. I'll just go ahead and put it out there. Lightning powers being what they will, it is a fight that every time I go back and read the scans or the issue again becomes more and more impressive in my mind that he is fighting the top level of the top level of the top level in his ridiculously overpowered universe in the sun and drags out a dub. Shazam just doesn't have a feat like that in his own world. This is a guy who, again, got his arm broken by Black Adam, got malleted to the face by Harley Quinn. And who Superman is going to defeat over and over and over again. I'm sorry. One of you is an 11-year-old kid, and the other is a stone-cold murderer. No contest. That's so much to push three. back on. This is ridiculous. I can tell you didn't read the whole series, which is fine. <laughs> There's a, It's like, what, 14 years worth of stuff, if not more. Here's the deal. So just like you know other characters, uh, Invincible's had some insane losses. And I don't like going over them because I really like the character. You, know, you mentioned Conquest. He's also lost to Conquest. Thrag has beaten him a number of times. Omni-Man has. Uh, a number of other characters have in really horrific ways as well. One character named Robot, who's kind of, I like, guess, like the equivalent of a Tony Stark in a weird way, uh, wearing this battle armor, took him out, I think, twice with ways that are would make Shazam, like, laugh. And I'll kind of go over why that happens. But, um, you know, Invincible bleeds a lot, um, gets his inside places ripped out, and a lot. And that's because, first of all, the storytelling... It is what it is. It's awesome. But also because he's not as durable as Shazam is, and he doesn't heal as fast. Does he have willpower to keep fighting if he can? If if he can? Sure. But he's also been taken out before. Again, doesn't have a way to defeat, you know, interdimensional travel, which is something Shazam can do. So another dimension. There's lots of stuff he can't do. Uh, and also, he's not much more powerful than Omni-Man. And he was kind of on the same level as General Thrag, which is still pretty good. And th again, Shazam stayed in the sun. And this, you know, which we'll talk about more in my point number three, which let me just get to my point number three, because then everything's going to be very, very clear. Let's talk about some of Invincible's limitations, his weaknesses, and Shazam's big wins. Now, in terms of limitations, the best way to describe how 
you know, Invincible compares to Shazam is by comparing Race to Canis to me. Okay, hear me out on this. You see Race to Canis. He's what, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, big, strong, you know, big, strong dad bod type of guy. He looks like he can do some damage. It's all good. <laughs> but here's the thing. Put him in the gym with, I don't know, a James Gavsey. 6'3", 260, works out a lot, the whole thing. And all of a sudden you realize like, oh, wow, there are levels, Race to Canis, dad bod, and then James Gavsey. I don't know what the hell that Sasquatch is doing here, but he's here lifting more weight, being more durable, the whole thing. These are kind of the differences I see between Invincible and Shazam. Let me explain this a little bit. So, for example, Invincible can destroy mountains. That's awesome. Shazam easily splits planets in half. Invincible can take a lot of punishment and keep on fighting when inside places are ripped out and what have you. Shazam flies in and out of black holes like it's nothing. The worst thing you can find is someone broke his arm. Not his insidey places came out. Not his eyes are coming out of his head, whatever. That's it. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Invincible stamina. Again, that's limited. We don't know how long this fight's going to go. In different parts of the Invincible comic book series, stuff happens over a period of years in terms of initial storyline within a comic book. Who knows how long this fight's going to go? Invincible stamina is limited. It's superhuman, but it's limited. Shazam's is not because it's magically fueled. This is a guy who can fight at his peak for I don't know how many, at least dozens upon dozens of years, if not way longer. Now, let's talk about some weaknesses of Invincible, because this is cool. Invincible's durability, again, nowhere near as powerful as Shazam's. Let's talk about that whole fight that took, they did with Thrag in the Sun. Really, really cool. Their hair's burning up. Their costumes are coming apart. Skin's coming off. Body parts are kind of being disintegrated. And they're in the sun probably for about a five-minute fight, which is pretty cool. So Shazam had to take a depowered Superman into the sun and sun dip him to get his powers back. He wasn't sure if this was going to kill Superman. So he says, you know what? I'll stay in the sun while you go through this process, Superman, and just sits there with his arms crossed in the sun, watching Superman, making sure his friend's okay, completely being unaffected by the sun. Again, kind of a different level. Uh, fun fact, the insidey places of Invincible are much, much weaker than his outside skin. This is crazy. So that character named Robot did something really cool. He took a small grenade that wasn't super powerful and as Invincible was talking, shot it into his mouth. Kind of really disgusting, but just boom, put it in his mouth. Invincible was like, what'd you just do? Robot's like, wait for it. And the grenade went off in his body and totally screwed him up. Blood starts coming out of his mouth, his ears, the whole thing. This was what happened. And Robot said, hey, your internal organs, all that kind of stuff. That's nowhere near as durable as your exterior. That's why when you get in fights and you get hit, your internal organs get damaged way more than your outside part because they are softer. They're just not as durable. That's a thing. So imagine getting hit by Shazam over and over. Your insidey places are going to turn to mush. That's going to affect you in a big way. And finally, Invincible's race, they're really weak to sonic attacks. Remember I brought this up. Cyborg tried to hit Shazam with a sonic attack, really super powerful one. Shazam didn't do anything with it. Nothing, not, not a problem at all for him to take it. But also his living lightning, when he yells out Shazam, that's the stuff that hurts Black Adam's ears and brings Superman to his knees with his ears starting to bleed. And both of them have, just have super sensitive hearing. Viltrumites have a natural weakness to those strong sounds and what have you to sonic attacks. It's kind of like their kryptonite throughout the comic book series. And that's something Shazam's going to do no matter what, he's going to be yelling Shazam, bringing down that living lightning, doing what he does. Uh, and finally, again, the interdimensional travel. Invincible doesn't have an answer for that. He shoots him to a different dimension and battlefield removal. And Invincible is not doing anything to get back unless he has help, which he doesn't in the Who Would Win match. Put all that together. And again, watch the Invincible cartoon series. Read the Invincible comic book series, but just understand he's a few levels at least below uh, Shazam in this fight. Oh, and finally... Who did Shazam beat in a fight? Let's just list that off real quick. He's beaten Superman, took two punches to knock him out cold. 
beat Wonder Woman, beat Superman and Wonder Woman, uh, and also beat at one time in three seconds to save his buddy Superman. Took out Bizarro, Solomon Grundy, Metallo, and another super powerful character within three seconds, within several co- uh, panels of a comic book, and just stood there smiling, saying, hey, Supes, need some help. That's what I do for you. Not the same characters, not the same power level. That's why Shazam wins. That's my point number no, three. No, James. No, 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 no. I, I, Shazam opening portals, I think, is a bigger stretch even for you. Uh, as far as portals and examples goes, I just saw where he contacted something called Pandora's Box once, and that opened up a portal. But I, I, I don't know where this Shazam hits people into other dimensions is coming from. I looked through a lot of Shazam, did a lot of back research, never found really examples of him opening portals. I think you're taking a couple of very weird niche examples and try and doing a James Gavsey thing of pretending that that's how every day works. Now, Shazam versus Superman. I saw this great scene, one of the comics where the two of them are fighting and Shazam rears back and he punches Superman real hard as Superman flies backwards. And I'm like, whoa. And Shazam, young Billy Batson in his brain doesn't use his wisdom. He goes, oh my gosh, can you believe it? I just hit Superman and he flew back. And before he could finish the sentence, Superman had careened into him like Lord Raiden from Mortal Kombat flying across the screen and drove him like into a mountain. So you talk about the wisdom, but the battle experience is just not there. And, And again, fighting in the sun, I think is different than sitting around waiting for your friend to heal. I'd argue that fighting the highest level character in your own world is a little bit more impressive than just hanging around, checking your phone, looking at Instagram, waiting for your hero friend to heal, please. And is Shazam going to shoot a grenade into Invincible's mouth? Did I miss something in the middle of your point? Because all Shazam does is punch, kick, and grab. And guess what Invincible plays up the best against? People who punch, kick, and grab. He overpowers them. He overwillpowers them. He chokes them out till the light leaves their eyes because the brutality factor. Shazam is out there trying not to kill people. Invincible is trying to kill people and do it quickly. Billy Batson feels bad if he actually hurts people. Invincible very much does not. He thinks it's part of his job. You shouldn't have stepped to him. Much like they say at the University of Texas, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Hook them horns. I have no affiliation to the University of Texas. I just remembered that that was a saying. At the end of the day, these are two very evenly matched, very powerful Superman-like characters in their own worlds. And one of them is just more brutal than the other, and that's the difference. The only thing I take exception to is you questioning my, my research. Again, do you understand how powerful or how painful my you know, adolescent and early teenage years were until I started playing football and got popular because I could crush people on the field. Do you understand how painful that was? My only <laughs> friend was comic books, Race to Canis. Now I'm crying. I'm going to eat like donuts and just, uh, then I'm going to go to the gym and be awesome. All right. I've been talking Goatee. about donuts when I'm sitting here all hungry. What's I know. Going sorry on? about that. I had to throw that in. Kevin Goatee, you've heard three points from Race to Canis. You've heard three points from me. It's time for you to make a decision. But before we get to what Kevin has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, we have uh, one of our longest-running uh, patrons. It's Ken Bjorn the Viking Turner, back for more. Ooh, the Viking. Okay, let's give the Viking an insane opponent that also means something kind of special to Race to Canis. Let's have the Viking battle the tick the tick now this is actually a tremendous match. this is a good one james usually give me garbage matchups this one's pretty good because the tick is nigh invulnerable 
with very, very powerful super strength, but he lacks a lot of ability to reason. One of my favorite things that ever happened in the Tick comic book was that there were ninjas around. And the way the ninjas dis- uh, hid themselves in plain view was one just like held a chair and just put the chair in front of him and that was good enough. And the other one held like a, a piece of a branch out and he couldn't dif- differentiate it from a tree. Now, uh, Ken Bjorn Turner knows the Tick very, very well. I guarantee he has seen the animated series at the very minimum, if not read the comics and seen the live action series as well. So he knows the secret to the tick is his intellect. And that's how you're going to get through it. You're not going to run up to the tick and start throwing bows. And you're not going to bring him down the way that um, Black Adam brought down Shazam by breaking his arm. That's just not going to work on the tick after all. But using the element of surprise, he holds a branch in front of him, walks around really, really close, gets right behind him, whispers in his ear, boo. And the tick is going to get scared and Battlefield remove himself. He did not see it coming. He would want to regroup for two minutes and come back. Congrats, Bjorn. You got win over the tick. Well done, Bjorn. I mean, this was a close battle, but I kind of had a feeling you'd pull it out. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up. You may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the battle, Kevin. It's time for your decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Invincible and Shazam. Well, listen, this has been a hell of a battle between the two of you. I almost want to be able to, I don't know how I can figure this one out. So I might as well just spin, spin the old wheel of fish to figure out which way I should lean. A third UHF reference. I gave it to you for free. Sorry, Patreons. You know I what stuck I it say? on there. You, you, know how, you know how surprised I was when you said that? None. I just shouted out, supplies. <laughs> That's four. We got four in. <laughs> I rewatched that recently. I go, man, what a gem. Well, it still works. It does. Still, still comical. There's been a lot of muckraking here, and you know how I love that. It it, it gets me a little tumescent to use a a proper vocabulary word. I like that muckraking, the constant banter. The well, you're doing this wrong. You're not using the right universe. And oh, look at you. You can't do math. Oh, look at you. You can't do logic. And well, you're both right. Neither of you are, are very good at those things. But listen, it's entertaining nonetheless. I really am stumped. I always have a clear, definitive opinion, especially when I love when Ray loses. It's always fun to put that dagger in. Ray's made some great points today. James also making some fantastic points as well. I like how Ray goes out and just explains how much gorier and bloodier it can get and just the strength and, and, and the battles he's won. I do like James going up and saying that, ah, this guy's taking a lot of beatings. You know what? He's that he's that boxer. He's that barroom brawler who just takes, you know, he has a high, he's an ass beater, but he loses so many fights. And that's why the qualifier era is there. That's why he can't count the seven. This is truly a good one, but I'm think I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna go with Race to Canis on this one. I that's I, right. I I love the gory nature of it. I love how, yeah, he's mortal, but you know what? He's got those very, very, very impressive wins, the pedigree, all that. And I, and Ray, I got I, the verbal jousting today was a little bit better than James. He had James in the corner. I don't think James got out as smooth as he think he did. But uh, Ray tagged him enough times to uh, to leave an impression, and I, I'm going to give it to Invincible. This was definitely not a knockout. This is definitely, no. quote unquote, a judge's decision more than it is normally on this show, a judge's decision. <laughs> I got to tell you, Kevin, so I I, I, I appreciate you, where you're coming from. I love your humor. I love your perspective. Uh, you're wrong. 
you yeah. uh, completely, I'm not sure if you left the room, but just kind of put your picture up while you left the room. Uh, I feel that uh, in essence, this reveals who you are as a human being. If it's more gory in a fight, the more you happen, you're the kind of person who like, hey, I'm in my car in traffic and there's an accident up ahead and you get there and all of a sudden there's no accident and you're pissed off. That's the type of guy you are. I can respect that. This is, again, a different power scaling thing. The way this fight goes down, Invincible comes at Shazam. Shazam just flicks him off. He hits the ground. All this bloody inside he plays all over the place. And he's like, you know what? Maybe we should be friends. And Shazam's like, great idea. This is not even a close fight. But we'll let the internet, the Legion of Audience, tell everyone what they think about it. I respect you barely as a judge, more as a human being, definitely as a podcaster. And uh, you made your decision. With that being said, Ray Sicanis, how do you feel getting a horrible victory today? I think that, honestly, this is a lot of uh, sour grapes. This is a lot of stinky fish coming from James right now because the truth of the matter is these two are physically matched up very well against each other. I would even probably make the argument, I did, that Invincible is a little bit more powerful than Shazam. And, and again, I appreciate it when a judge listens. It, 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 it had to start happening eventually. James, you famously won five matches in a row on this show and every single one of them was controversial with people afterwards saying things like, do the judges even listen when Ray talks? <laughs> and, and I got to say, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, uh, quite honestly, because it often does not feel like they do. But I did want to read a, a couple of reviews here because we just got a bunch of new reviews. And here we go. This is hashtag Rainiac. So this is a very uh, good uh, person, obviously, a good head on their shoulders. They say Ray should have won at least 80% of the battles that he lost. That is correct. Oh, uh, here's one. Love the show. Haven't missed a show since I started listening. James is great, but Ray is the real star here. Give me something to look forward to every single week. Hashtag Ray is right. Hashtag Rainiacs. Uh, there might be others, but really they didn't uh, talk me up, so I'm not going to read them. Now you know the secret to getting your five-star review read on the air. This is hashtag Victory Friday. This is hashtag Deserved. Hashtag earned. Hashtag too strong for James. I'm trying out a new one. I'm not even on Twitter really anymore, but I'm trying out the hashtags. Let's make this happen. I'm a also very happy. Never... To, I, just, I just wanted to announce that very happy that our friend Ken Bjorn Turner, the Viking, won the uh, the patron of the week. He also was kind enough to give Gutting the Sacred Cow a five-star rating review. And that's how you just eschew your way into my heart. And James, by the way, all of it last time we had this little battle, you were just throwing bouquets at my feet when I gave you the victory. Now you're just disparaging me with such harsh remarks. My God, it's hurtful. How the, oh, it's by hurtful. the way, how, how the tides have turned. <laughs> by the way, it's going to get worse. Here's the thing: Ray talking about someone being stronger. Ray hit a gym sometimes. Hit something. Oh, Do wow. something. That's number two. I yeah, gave examples. Back, examples of weaknesses. Second time in a row. Second week in a row. By the way, the person who arranged the judge this week, just like last week, Ray Stacanus, I think something's running afoul. I will kind of do some research. But with that being said, Kevin Goatee, you are awesome. You have an amazing podcast and getting the sacred cow. And again, it's not a podcast. It's a show. This should be on TV. You should be very famous. You should be a big time host. I'm not projecting. I'm just kind of telling everyone what they should know. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you. You can find me, of course, at Kevin Goatee, K-E-V-I-N-G-O-O-T-E-E, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X. Alrighty then, of course, Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast on Instagram, TikTok, at GTSC Podcast on Twitter. 
And of course, YouTube and every single podcast platform known to man. We're going to tape a bunch of episodes this week. The aforementioned Race to Canada is doing Clerks. We'll also be doing the very new future Barbie, as well as next night or two, we'll be doing Donnie Darko. Get ready. Oh, what about a little film, a family film from the 90s? Everyone loves a go get him by the bootstraps and work your butt off film called Rudy. That's coming up all on future episodes. Again, Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. I also love five-star ratings and two or three-sentence reviews. I screenshot them. I love them. I like my ego stroked a little bit. Why the hell not? Throw it out there. And uh, Race to Canis at Kevin Goatee for the Venmo. I appreciate that. Thank you. You got it. I knew it. I knew it. All right, Ray. You got another win. Very suspicious, though, might I add. Tell our listeners where they can find you. First off, I think you're selling our uh, esteemed judge here a little bit short. Kevin, I do think you are already a high-level host and comedian. I don't think you, uh, uh, I, I think you're already there. James thinks you still need to earn it, apparently. I disagree. I would put you on that particular pedestal. And uh, how are you going to take down the Barbie movie? I literally just saw that for the first time last night, and it is delightful. Never saw I it. Can see why, I can Never see why I made a billion dollars. It's, it's very, very, very good. Okay. And I was, I honestly, I came in with a certain level of expectation, and it blew me away. It's so smart. It's so avant-garde. Whoever's gutting it is wrong. That's all I'm going to say about it. You got me fired up. And this is, we're not even talking about the English patient. The point I'm trying to make here is great decision today. We are back, back, ladies and gentlemen, on a winning streak. I'll call it one is a streak, but I think it's been two. Who knows what happens week to week on this show? You do probably more than I do, because much like all of the great defensive backs in the NFL, the Jerry Jacobs, the uh, CJ Gardner Johnsons of the world, the Brian Branches, if you will, just off the top of my head, once something goes wrong, you clear it out of your head and you go out hard for the next one, because that's what great champions do. They don't whine about it afterwards like James Gavsey over here complaining about people being bribed when his Venmo spins harder than the Price is Right wheel when a 300-pound man swings it. My point I'm trying to make here is you can find me on threads at Almighty Ray 316 new episode of Vampire Detroit. Reclaim Detroit, the Vampire the Masquerade audio drama. It's going to be coming out, I believe, the week of Thanksgiving. That's now. It might already be out. Probably listen to that. And they can find you online. Did you give your socials and all that kind of good stuff? I did. Okay. Interesting. Sorry, I wasn't listening. I remember you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> and Facebook by typing in at James Gadsy. I'll be hitting the gym like crazy, churning myself into more of what people think Shazam looks like in real life. That's what I do. This matchup has gotten me kind of fired up, but in the wrong kind of way. Um, are you finally going to use the character that you're banking? Are we finally going to see them on the show? No, because so, you've been sandbagging it. You're going to run out of time. I'm playing the clock right now. I'm taking a knee. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll let you know when I'm ready to do that. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, he's not, and Facebook. He's not fired up enough yet is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I guess I need a few more wins. To all the people that are coming to jujitsu and kickboxing MMA class, I apologize in advance. You're getting wrecked this week. I wouldn't show up. That's my thing. All right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and fi- Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. I'll probably be at the hospital. Uh, visiting some people later on too. Remember to join the official Hoodman Facebook group to make a suggestion. They're easier to beat up for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. James, you teach at kindergarten karate. What are you talking about? This is heinous. When's the last time you did anything physical race to Canis?
Um, awesome. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, Give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say, breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and foodie debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.